Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle bells, all jingle the way. All the way. Oh, oh what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey. One sleigh open sleigh. Over the hills we go. Getting kidnapped by Faye. This is stinking fun. Until we pass away. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what else to do with that one. Excellent. So I was thinking um, format-wise, because there's so many different holidays and celebrations, what if we choose uh, three each to do? Oh, for... Uh... For our Christmas special. Oh, and by the way, for those just joining in, we're we're doing a Christmas special today. Merry Christmas! Ah, oh, sorry. You, I, I know we have a little pre-intro thing where you and I discuss stuff, so I was just kind of going into that because I didn't think we were, you know, starting starting yet. Well, any and all audio canon will be used against you. So that's that is that is correct. I did tell you to do that, so it's my own fault. <laughs> also, I'm putting Christmas music on this too. Oh, I love it. <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. So, you know. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. I'm going to go with so the yeah, first one then, because oh, I found oh. one and I'm super excited. So there. Okay. Yeah, no, that, does that sound good to you? Like, you do one, I do one, you do one, I do one. Um, and we kind of do that. Does that sound okay? Yeah, and nothing's off bounds, by the way. There is no, there's no limits on to what your holiday can be about. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I'm going to kind of quote from um, ones that I've researched and found. Yeah, yeah. And then I basically want to use my own imagination to kind of flesh them out more because some of them are just like, this is, is this celebration. And I'm like, cool, they probably do this during that celebration. So if you're cool with that. That's just fine. And like I said, there, like, there's no boundaries or anything. So make what, whatever you want. Um, because on cool. this one, uh, I, I was reading about Norse gods in Odin. Yes, yes. And uh, they, the uh, Germanic people, had a certain holiday called Hugin's Feast. Now, Hugin and yeah. Mugin are the two crows that would circle the globe, or it's called Hugin's Yule. And it, they would circle the globe and gather information and secrets and stuff for Odin. So oh, excellent, excellent. Sorry, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to interject on that one or not. No, no, no. Yeah, supposed... but hold on, hold on. I don't know. They're, I don't think they're Germanic though. I think uh, they're they're more of like Norway, Sweden, and Scandinavia. Vikings are Scandinavian. They're not Germanic. Oh yeah, Sweden and all. Oh well, whatever. Either way, they uh, the uh... before somebody calls us out and and, and um, especially the person in Sweden, I'm sure they're just like bastards. Sorry, no. Sweden. <laughs> Forgive us. Please don't come with your Viking <laughs> ships. So this one's called Hugin's Feast, which basically means Raven's Feast. <gasps> I love it. Okay, continue. I'm I'm excited or to hear Hugin's, about this one. Hugin's Yule. Actually, that's all there is to it. I just thought it was. That's it. That's all it says. Yeah, it says that they have a a Yule. Basically, they have a a giant feast Christmas Eve. Okay. Okay. And they... I, I get down with that. That's good. So, what kind of food do do we think that they ate? Oh man, uh, so Swedish food, meatballs. <laughs> so pickled herring and uh, an oh, egg or what? <laughs> well, here's here's the That's issue. All... The issue is, is we're not we're not going from the human side of this thing. We're going from the face side. So... Right, right, right. But I mean, so I mean, the inspiration for a lot of these human holidays are supposed to come from these fae traditions that humans just either picked up or. 
accidentally participated in and brought back, right? Exactly. Well, in this in this instance, um, especially with the Ravens and dealing with certain things in that direction, um, I, I think we can find out who Odin was. Maybe he was a past iteration of Puck originally, or maybe he was a past I mean, iteration you know, of Odin. He, Odin I mean, was uh, the, the all-father. Oberon. He was the king. I think he should be the past Oberon. I think he should have been one of the kings. Um, because Puck is awesome and all, but he's a Loki. Puck is supposed to be Loki. Yeah. That He's a mischievous type that has that weird balancing factor that sometimes comes across as him trying to usurp the king and queen, when yeah. in reality he's just maintaining balance. So I think Odin should be the king, uh, a past fairy king. So what I'm thinking is either one or two iterations ago, Odin would come to Earth and maybe maybe something was happening, um, Earth and whatever realm-wise, and he was gathering information, and his tools to do so was the ravens. He would also... Oh my god, that could tie in so well as to why there's conflict between the fae and the ravens in the future. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bunch of oh stuff my about... Goodness. Um, oh, what was it? There was something else. I can't remember. I lost it. Either way, I think I think it's a neat time. I was just going to say there is one um, one piece of mythology I know about Hugin and Mugen, and I don't know if both of them it happened to both of them or not. But essentially, Oben's oh Oben Oben um, Odin sent I think just one of them out on a mission, but he got caught by one of the other gods or um, creatures of Norse mythology, and they were kind of mad because they were getting spied on, and so they turned. Um, that particular raven white and it kind of to, to mark it essentially as a um, as a spy and a, a traitor I, I i think that's the correct story there might be another story like that i just know that one of them got turned white huh i'll have to do more research but i am i am 100 percent certain there's a white raven in there so maybe when the white raven attacks well, no, I, I think we should just work that into the celebration. It's just like the, there's, uh, you know, they find a white raven, or if they can't find one, they paint it, and they and they celebrate. <laughs> um, I mean, if we want to make it kind of more morbid and abysmal, we could say that they sacrifice it um, as as honor to. There can be a, well, because with this stuff comes prophecies and stuff like that, and I'm not saying like a hard hard prophecy. I'm just saying. Uh, when the when the white marked raven attacks, it just kind of strikes me as right giving a uh, a hint to the war of the wings later on. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I love it. I love it. Um, who who would have Odin? Who would have Odin been spying on at that point? We need to find out who that is. Well, <laughs> Odin was a. Um, I mean, in, in the myths and legends, Odin traded one of his eyes for those 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 ravens, not crows. So that he could see everything. So he could be the best king as possible and the best conqueror he could. Because that's what the Vikings really, um, they, they prioritized is being the best warrior and the best Viking. Cause if you died a, uh, a shameful death of a quiet death, then you just, you went to hell, which wasn't our version of Christian hell, but just a, basically a purgatory. It was just kind of a place you hang out. But if you were a warrior and you died an honorable death on the battlefield, Valhalla. you went to Valhalla and you drank beer and got to mess around with whoever was in the hall until the final battle came with uh, Fenrir, who is the, the large wolf who was fated to destroy um, Odin, who would be Odin's death. By the uh. way, Fenrir, the giant wolf, is Loki's son. 
uh, by a giant, well, a, a Jotun, which is a giantess. Oh. Norse mythology gets pretty crazy. You know, you know but who's yeah. you know who's a giantess to the fairies. Who? Humans. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Loki could have been Puck, and he just got busy. I mean, this that totally fits with a Puckish thing to do, which is just go so bang everybody. What I'm saying is maybe maybe uh, maybe Puck has a has a past iteration because this is a passing has a mm-hmm. has a, a human interaction. And uh, when that human actually comes to the uh, the fey realm, maybe it stays, you know, or maybe the the wolf, or I don't know. Man, there's some there's some no, really no, I like it, I like it. Do with it though. Well, we discussed in the past. Uh, this is pre Noah's Ark. Um, that there were seraphim and nephilim and all kinds yes. of creatures that were a mixture of demons and angels and fey and whatever else could have happened. And after that Noah's Ark kind of point in history, everything was kind of wiped clean. On the human realm. Yeah, they actually said humans lived for like 10,000 years, too, back then. Yeah, they did say, yeah, exactly. So that might have been a cross between fey and human, or it may have been a different kind of, um, uh, because we've decided that humans are these kind of mechanisms to be used. Perhaps they designed them originally to live longer, but then they realized that that could be dangerous. There could have been all kinds of reasons. They were evolving too fast. Learn exactly. to use. Maybe they're going exactly. to the magic too fast or whatever. Right, yeah. and maybe they were building up too quickly, and they needed shorter lives to kind of keep them under control more, uh, which is a great way to think of it. But yeah, so I mean, there could have been, and perhaps some of these creatures um, escaped back into the Fey realm and now live there um, somewhere, you know, quietly. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 most definitely. I love it. So okay, so this is Hugin's uh, Yule, which essentially means celebration or feast. Right, and I think it should be kind of like a. Well, they they have it on the day before Christmas, and there's a bunch of holidays that are like on Christmas before Christmas, because Christmas is a solstice uh, holiday. It's the peak of of winter, and a lot of a lot of stuff was pulled into it to pull the the pagans and Christianity type of deal. Right. Well, a lot of the pagan the pagan stuff was a lot of Celtic rites, which is where we're drawing a lot. Of- mythology from and then christianity came in and, and to make the transition easier they they adopted a lot of those rites and into christianity and just renamed them and attached saints and such to them so you know we may get in trouble for that i'm sure no 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 no, it's fine and i, I from what i was researching like ostoro which was <laughs> is now easter i think it is i don't know what how to pronounce it but that's what it said online um, right it was Easter now, which is because it went through several iterations, like Ostoro and Easter and Eastero and then uh, yeah. Easter. Well, a lot of it is just a fertility rituals um, for spring, essentially, to re- regenerate as the world is regenerating itself. You just follow along with the same rites. There's sacrifices and there's food and there's green foods. And then, of course, there's fertility rites, which, <laughs> well, you can imagine what those are about. <laughs> so, OK, your turn. What's 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 your holiday? All right. So there are, let me think here. So there is there a lot of stuff, a lot of mythology with the Fae is directly tied into nature because they're seen as creatures of nature. They're in tune with the seasons. Their magic comes from this kind of connection. So I was thinking how um, each celebration that we have 
loosely correlates to that as well. You know, you have spring, summer, uh, autumn and winter. So obviously Christmas for winter. And then of course in October for our Halloween, they have, um, that would be more of a, a fall festival and harvest time. Springtime, of course, people celebrate again with Easter and the fertility. And then in uh, the depth of summer is where I want to go next. Um, there's one called High Summer Night. Oh. So um, I'm going to read a little bit here to you because um, I kind of like how they talked about it. High Summer Night, um, supposed to be July 17th on our calendar, uh, staged to coincide with the hottest part of summer. High Summer Night, a uh, high summer night epitomizes mirth and freedom. It also provides an excuse to gather glamour um, or uh, from the heat dreams of mortals. And I'll explain in a second. During these celebrations, Faye are free to toy with any mortal they encounter. Um, so it's basically, you know, in the summer when like the energy is high and everybody's running around and having fun and the weather's great. I mean, especially here in, in California, but um for for the Fae, it's it's there's so much extra energy. Like wintertime is a conservation of energy and light and kind of surviving the long darkness. Uh spring is the regeneration of light and life and energy, but the summer is like this culmination. Like all this stuff has been gathering, 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 and it kind of gets um expended on summer because there's just energy and all this kind of stuff. If that makes any sense. It's stuff so to do, Fae, it's the time to do things, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is great. I love this one because uh, the barriers between the worlds become kind of thin and the Fae have a lot of rules. Um, they can only interact on certain things. Only if humans either completely offend them or give them something, um, are they really allowed to, to to do anything to them? But the rules are, are kept in place to prevent too much um, destruction, I think, from happening because the Fae are so powerful oh, yeah. and the humans compared to them are just like, little ants. Well, plus so, I don't want them to come aware of them either. Keep things a secret. Exactly. Exactly. So during the summer, they're a bit more free to kind of uh, play with them. And heat dreams in this particular scenario, I'm sure you can guess what those are, but uh, everybody gets a little, little excited during the summer. And uh, in this context, the Fae use those peak emotions and all actions and feelings of all the humans to, um, essentially kind of weave magic and just have fun and they can and it without using too much of their own energy does that make sense oh yeah so the humans are kind of creating their own magic and their own forces and the fae are collecting it like flowers and just kind of you know having, having kind of like time. their own fourth of july celebration they're sending fireworks and spending magic and getting kind of crazy so uh last thing i want to I want to read to you. Um, high summer pranks sometimes turn malicious, even though jests which result in the loss of life or serious injury are regarded as inartistic or tasteless. Tangled romances, mistaken identities, transformations, and thefts of heroic proportions have greater appeal for the Fae. So basically, you know, remember, the Fae aren't human. So if they decide, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I took this man, turned him into a half fox, and put his head on his butt? <laughs> and then if something bad happens and the joke doesn't go as planned, then that fae is just being kind of uncultured and it gets chided a little bit by the other Uncool, fae, but man. yeah, no big deal to them. Yeah. And same thing for making like a Midsummer's Night dream, you know, making them fall in love and having fun in the forest while they chase around each other and, and nearly kill each other. It's just fun for the fae. They don't care. So it's like a, uh, a prank's giving. Yeah, exactly. But in the summer. 
No, I, I, I like the idea of a pranksgiving. And, I, and in fact, we can we we don't have to use like everything exactly what happens in the in the things like collecting glamour. I don't know if that how we would work that in with our stuff. Um, no, no, no. So I just mean it as a way to explain what the mythology oh, right, is right, right, to right. give a real accurate description, and then we can pick and choose what we like from there Perfect. and kind of weave it in. But uh, there's supposed to be four points during the year where the walls between the worlds are thin and the fae and the humans have chance interactions if the humans are in the right place, which is typically in the Celtic mythology at the different mounds and toadstool rings and deep forests where humans don't normally go. Right. So if a human is dumb enough to go there then they are free game well that's excellent i think that's i think i, I absolutely love that one in fact i think that's a that was a, a perfect segue into things um i think for number two for mine i'm gonna pick pennons oh i was just looking at that one all right mahaha pennons celebrates the martial prowess of the fae its festivities include jousting mock combat displays of weaponry and the slaying of chimerical beasts the name of the festival derives from the custom of bestowing a king's pennons their flags marked with the king's crest upon the festival champions who have won the right to fly them for one year bragging rights artists crafters and musicians also flock to pennons man seeking patronage from lords who are likely to be generous to festive occasions musicians find pennons particularly rewarding troubadours compose songs on the spurs of the moment celebrating the heroes of various events and stage their own competitions along with storytelling using words and music as weapons. It's a throwdown on the 4th of October. So. I love it. I think especially we have a lot of things to play with here, especially uh, cast-wise. Um, people can, can uh, with with uh, with the system we have with the Fae, I think there's some really neat things we could do in there. Because each cast can throw their own celebration and they can all do it in one spot so everybody can see you know, oh, who's, I love who's it. the best in each cast, and and that way, not only do they show off, um, but then the king and queen can maybe hire people from the guard, saying, "Okay, I want you as a royal guard next year, or I want you as a master carpenter, or maybe people will hire them because they they've shown off their things." It's kind of like a a giant job fair slash I'm the best slash you know pinnons. Oh, I love it. That's great. I, I love the idea of jousting and fighting, especially with some of these mythical creatures that have been like tamed as jousting beasts. Yeah. Can you imagine riding a chimera into a jousting battle against someone on a unicorn? <laughs> oh, I love it. The little girl in me is just like unicorns. I could that could be some really neat that could be some really neat panel working and some of the colors just oh. coming off that'd be like just craziness a pegasus versus a versus a uh, some kind of batted creature like they're all like you know like they do their own little uh, themes oh i'm gonna be an evil person this year and i'm gonna oh, be right well i'm gonna be on a pegasus well, and you know what they're they're banners they're ban- like in medieval times your banner was your was your family crest or whatever since they don't have families um, they could have their, their, I mean, is this a particular cast we're saying does this, or does every cast have the opportunity to participate? Oh, I think every cast should participate, but each one shows off their particular skills. So the guard cast is okay. doing the jousting, the fighting. But whoever can join in if they want to, because maybe somebody's like, oh, I'm, I'm good at painting, but check this out, and, and may join in. Um, and then um the prof- the professor's cast or the uh the scholars the scholars cast who does teaching and scholar and also i think they're going to do like the sciencing and magic magic practicing I yes think, a scholar yeah yeah i think some of them will have some uh basically uh work in biology so some of them will be making oh what cool chimeras can we bring out this year <gasps> 
Oh, I love it. And it's like a dog show, but with fantastical beasts. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and then they also want people to use them for jousting and stuff like that because they want to show off their beasts and how well trained they are and how well they win. You know, and there oh, could be... that's great. I, well, I really, I do really like the idea of the banners. Uh, like someone is the unicorn crest. Yes. And they actually do ride unicorns. And that kind of thing. And, it, and it, you know, in medieval times, they did that to, like, give them strength for dragons and unicorns. But for this, they really get to bring them out. Yeah. That's exciting. And there could be different divisions. So there could be the, the grounded division versus the winged division. So there'd be, like, different types of jousting, flight jousting ah. versus uh, grounded jousting. There's some really neat oh, things. I love it. Yeah. Because uh, just because of the magic involved, we can actually make a jousting thing up in the air so you could watch it from the stands. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. And the visuals are just going to be so much fun. Yeah. So super, I love it. I love it. And are the prizes uh, as medieval as, as our history depicts them? Like a, a kiss from the queen or a rose, but instead of a normal rose, it's a magical rose that uh, does something particular, you know, for okay. the user. I think in particularly we should have – there's going to be an overall champions, like one, two, or three. Okay. Gold – you know, it's, it's going to be their Olympics type of deal. Okay, but it's gonna. Okay. But since they their monetary system is more of a, um, there's no need for monetary system. Their their system set up, I mean, just because of the way they are, okay, their their system is is mostly trade based. What can I give you to make my my life better? Type of deal. Right. Plus their magic. So I mean, if they really do need something. Yeah, their their needs are kind of whatever. So their most of their stuff to want to show off is they want someone to go to recognize them i mean that's what they that's i mean that's all they have left at this point as far as like being paid yeah. or something i want you to say oh wow you're the best uh, right right, right. i also. think i think that's i think that's what the like an eternal flower from the the king and queen or, or just, uh, just their penance they're they the king and king's flag goes to the champion and then maybe the cast will hand out their uh, first place to who they think is cool or does the best or whatever and there's some, and then yeah, the the queen can have a special. Hey, this is the queen's, uh, the queen's bestowance, and then the king's bestowance. Maybe they can both give a gift, and they could think all year, man, what am I gonna do next year to really outdo last year's gift to the champion? Yeah, you know, and no, then, I love it. You know, the eternal rose, or the and the king gives off like a piece of enchanted armor, or some kind of sword, or a paintbrush. A paintbrush. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, thanks for that shout out to the artists out there. And paintbrushes, because those are cool, guys. All the same, artists and stuff here, too, because there's artists mm -hmm. and stuff. So. Oh, okay. Can we please have Can we please have in this competition an art competition? But yeah, yeah. the kind of magic art to where they paint something, and then they can magic it to come peel off the paper and fly into the crowd. And whoever can do it most impressively wins the artist prize. So, yeah, I think the whole thing should be like a... Uh... Uh, flags and prizes and, and neat things and yeah there will be art and uh, each guild I think we can break it down to, to what each guild has so like for the the scholars guild there'll be like teachers and scientists and magicians and sorcerers and da 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 da, -da. and then for the uh, the merchants class there'll be people who who can hawk wares and stuff so they'll set up stalls to sell things I love it so I think there's a, a bunch of really neat things we could do with it okay beautiful I like I like pinions I think that's going to be, oh, it's going to be so awesome. Okay, um, I want to talk about Samhain, which I am Ooh. butchering uh, how to say that. It's actually like uh, Swe or Swain or something like that. 
but I'm I'm so sorry to our Celtic fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> so um, Beltane, oh, not Beltane, um, Sam Hain. Uh, again, I'm saying it terribly wrong. I apologize. Is a counterpart to Beltane, which is that. Uh, so Sam Hain is essentially the inspiration for Halloween. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of this for you because um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about that are really cool with this holiday. So October 31st, obviously. Um, on Samhain Eve, sorry, uh, the wall between worlds grows thin. This is a solemn time for Fae everywhere. It is a night to strain against the mists, to part them and remember comrades who have fallen. It's a night to honor ancestors who have been lost, as well as mortal companions who have contributed through their creations and deeds. It also serves as a time for some spooky, uh, you know, divin divination. Am I saying that correctly? Divination is when you're trying to find, divination? find out stuff you can't know about. Right. Seeing the future uh, it, where soothsayers come from all over to either talk to spirits or tell the future or tell the past. Um, there's an interesting thing in this article that I found. It's called The Shattering. Now, um, and I'll explain in a second, but let me read this first. Before the shattering, Samhain marked the beginning of the unseely half of the year, when the seely rulers turn over their authority to their opposites until Beltane. Now that transference of power resides only in the form of the shadow court's one night reign. Um, now, just to explain, in this particular fey myth, there are two courts, just like there are good and evil. Um, and it's not even necessarily good or evil because the fey are neutral and like chaotic neutral almost. But um, the seely fey are the essentially the the light court, and they are typically ruled. Uh, I believe by the queen Titania, but uh, I could be wrong. So I think it changes and the rulers change, but there's typically one ruler there that is either king or queen. And then in the opposite court, the unseely court or the dark court, they have the opposing ruler. So if there's a queen in the seely court, there's a king in the unseely court. And Puck is the person who goes in between the two courts for communications because they refuse to, dis to talk with each other except for on um, an occasional night where, you know, things get a little rowdy and they they just can't help themselves. It's almost like instinct kicks in. And as the two rulers, they have to meet for some some lovely. Um, they bang. Oh, <laughs> well. so uh, <laughs> sorry. I, would, I don't know how to put that any other way. Um, Knock shoes. So, um, <laughs> so now these are really, really old ways of having these two courts and the um, assumption. And of course, for ours, perhaps we could have something in the history to where they were split and eventually they were joined we to have, have a king and queen. Um, and hold on, let me, let me just get through. But, but anyway, the, the point was, is that there was a, a, a light and a dark and that creates balance with the combination of Puck, who is the communication between the two. And he and, and for ours, we have, of course, tweaked several things. But I really like this idea of uh, of a Halloween almost. But what I want from this holiday is for the the past spirits to arise from a grove of uh, of trees where they are usually placed, their graveyard in the Fey world, and to have communications between them. Now, in reality, this is the the great mother, or the the dreaming, which is their process of dying and being rein, reincarnated into new bodies. But I would love it to where it's almost like communicating with a, a an interface, like someone has left. 
their thoughts and memories into a computer and compiled all the data into a perfect replica of that person so that they can interact with them on this night and kind of talk to them as if they're talking to their spirit, even though they passed away. Yeah, this is called divination and, and their spirits, which are still up there. What, yeah. I'm, what I'm thinking is, is <clears throat> their particulates haven't been recycled into fey things yet. So they they're still, they are still have the ability to talk, but the, as more of their particles are taken away and put in another fey, they are less Ooh. and less there. Oh, I love that. As time goes on, there's less and less spirit to talk to. So if it's really fresh, they can still talk. Yeah, they but can as still time find goes out on, things. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that divination is, is trying to, to suss out and figure out what's going to happen in the future and divining right. it. Um, but yeah, no, so that's what I was thinking is that they have a celebration, very quiet and solemn, lots of candles. Um, I mean, very similar to our own human kind of processions that we have for funerals or several different cultures have lanterns they release on a river yeah. or a, a line of candles or different altars for the different spirits so that they can talk to them and visit them again. Yeah, and I like yeah. this idea of going into the grove and them actually doing this and the humans seeing that tradition of these lights and this gathering and thinking that they would love to do that with their human ancestors and relatives. And that's the only time they'll ever see an old fae because their particles are being, are being slowly taken away and they, they get older as they get, as they lose more and more of their... Oh, I love it. They, they slowly stuff. start to fade. Oh, can we call it the fading? Oh, no. No, no. Hey, you gotta be quiet. Okay. okay, shh. If you want to sit, you can sit. You gotta be quiet. So, I think that's that's amazing. Uh, so, some of my some of my thoughts on this. You said there was two courts. So, I, uh, earlier I was toying with because we have the Fey Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about having the um, because the Fey and the Angel Demons they're all basically the same race. The more and more I think about it. They can be the unseelie. The, the angels were originally the unseelie, and they all have another kingdom, right? The angels, because the unseelie is the dark aspect. Well, it doesn't. The remember... seelie is the light, and the unseelie is the dark. Right, but remember what we're talking about here is uh, a. It's our universe, and we can do what I want. And and b. Um, as far as light and dark, I mean, we're the those are just those are just names that have been applied to them after they've gotten to and, earth and I, under, I, I get where go. you're I, I get where you're going with that but the the problem is is that the translation is literally that it's like i'm saying hey you know this good guy is called the dark evil man and we're saying well well we can make it sound be whatever we want dark evil man doesn't mean dark evil man but what i'm what i'm saying is is the seely are are is what translates to light and unseely means you know well, right. uh, unseen or dark right so i would like to try to keep the translations at least fitting okay well, uh, we we do have demons. <laughs> I know. Well, so the the Sealy is is a reference to these to the Fey. I I hesitate to want to apply it to that because we have such a, a angel and demon mythology and stuff going on there that I I don't I don't want to I don't want to use these current terms that are specifically for these different races and spread them out because it gets muddled. And I'd like to invent our own terms for the split back then, because that's something that's never been done before. People don't um, talk about angels, demons, and fey altogether. So I'd like us to create our own term for well, that. The, the the what I was trying to get at was that because you were talking about the shattering and things happen and and everything else, because mm-hmm. I, I had them all originally on the fey planet, and then the angels and demons went over to Earth to, to do. Oh their own thing. no, I mean I love that idea. I love the shattering and I love the split. But didn't we decide that? Uh, angels are their own thing and they're different from the fae didn't we say that 
Um, they, yeah, they're two different races, yeah. Right. Or they're so, two different makeups, they're two different types of whatever yeah. they are. Because the Fae were specifically designed for one thing, and the Angels were specifically designed for another. Well, exactly, yeah. And so... I like where you're going with the idea of that being original courts, because we don't have courts now. The Fae exist in their own caste system with their own functions. I mean, just saying Uh, like eons ago back then, they could have kept some of the old traditions and it could have turned into holidays now that they really don't even understand themselves because they've been it's so long ago. no, 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 this is great. So hold on. So there's one part of this. So there's Beltane and Samhain. Yes. And what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to split the year directly in half so that half of it, which is typically spring and summer months where the, there's more light and life and blah, 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 is the Sealy season where the light creatures are in charge, which is why the seasons are the way they are. Whereas autumn and winter are after um, October, after Samhain. So after Samhain, the unseely begin their rule over the world which is why it's darker and colder and that was an explanation for the the seasons essentially a very simplistic one but an explanation so that's that's why i wanted that correlation there but i think that might tie in well we have two worlds two different dimensions that mirror each other and perhaps in the very very beginning before they figured it out perhaps they swapped the two worlds perhaps the the angels looked over the what we now call the human world and the fae were on the other but perhaps every uh midpoint during this season they swapped or something happened to where they interchanged something and then eventually maybe that iteration didn't work and they recycled it and tried something different and we can call that um you know maybe that's when the conduit was put in as a connection well there's there's, like i said well check this out there's tons of stuff saying that like um no because they're two different races so maybe maybe when the Fae are cached up in the Great Mother, maybe they're supposed to spend a certain amount of time, um, like maybe like the there there's since there's no Great Mother on the other place because they want to keep it separate and it's an experimental world, but they do need people over there. Maybe originally yeah. it was supposed to they're, they're supposed to trade out, so they they vacate the Great Mother, the other one comes in and does their thing, and then they swap out and swap out. But at one point. Um, one or the other decided that, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. We're definitely not going back to Earth. Or... Well, it's tough, too, because the angels are meant to be self-sufficient. They don't need the Great Mother, which is a big difference. The Fae rely on the Great Mother, whereas the angels are meant to be without it. To be the, That's supposed to be the difference. So if they swap... Well, that's, why they, that's the way they are but, now. And our thing well, is... I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. So, um, so right now, in our current situation, we have the angels and demons because they split, right? Oh, they and were, there was yeah. a a corruption right. of and I, to be very to be very simple with this um but at one point what if we do something to where before the angels split and divide into two factions the fae had their two factions on their side and they had like we said like we they had just like mythology the light and dark court but the angels were on their side and then perhaps this war happened that the angels uh, split apart and had the two factions and they enlisted the Fae to help them. And during that war, it brought the two courts together and caused them to create an alliance that made the Fae kingdom one instead of having the two opposing courts. So that the balance, um, and on a, on a more macro scale, the balance is the same. You still have two separate, you've got the light and the dark of angels and demons now, and then you have the Fae united, whereas before it was just the angels with the Fae um, in the light and dark courts. Does that make sense? There's yeah. a flip on those mirror worlds, but the balance is the same. Yeah. 
I think it could work. That I, way. The, I, I, I mean. It actually sounds like that'll work really well because I want things to kind of mirror stuff, but um, the uh, I'm not seeing any any real issues with it, and I think it I think it works really well. Um, okay. It's just I mean, gonna it take does a help. The because later on, if we start getting into like super old stuff, uh, the shattering and and how all this mm -hmm. stuff came to be, um, I mean, maybe we might make a, a big loop about how things had happened like this before, or maybe something else, or maybe we'll split the Fae again apart at some point. I know, and that's supposed to be part of their cycle, actually. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of mythology in human literature as well about the humans fighting the Fae, driving them into their own worlds and off our world yeah. with the help of some supernatural beings. And that's what, and they attribute those supernatural beings to Christianity and angels and saints in this particular, you know, and mythos. Maybe, and maybe some of the some of the angels decided that hey, we don't want the fay off, or maybe something, and and that's why they and got split off and corrupted. Split. Yep. Exactly. So I mean, it works super well in our current history and the mythology. Um, and maybe that's another explanation for why the Fae isolated themselves into one kingdom. Perhaps they were on opposite sides of the Fae realm at one point, so that when the Dark Kingdom um, is during the nighttime, and they're awake during the night as the sun rotate, as the Earth rotates around the sun, and then the other kingdom is on the light side as the sun rises, and their their world was split that way. But now it's united. Well, what, um, I, what I might do is, is uh, if once we're in the Fae realm and we, we get uh, farther into some stories over there, um, we might have a on the exact opposite side of the planet, wherever that is, America or whatever. Um, we'll have another mm -hmm. kingdom that's almost a mirror image of the Fae Kingdom yes. that's completely yes. abandoned. And yes. Maybe something in that direction. Maybe maybe Tatiana and Oberon will have another disagreement and split, and you know half half the things. Oh, I love it. We'll go over there. I love it because they're supposed to. They they balance each other out, which means that they constantly fight. They're always in opposition to the other as that balance. And if they come together and agree too much on one thing, that's when Puck comes in, does mischievous things to pit them against each other again. Because united together, they would destroy everything. Yeah, maybe. but they're also necessary to be together. So maybe this time, that's what happens: is Oberon and Tatiana get too much in love and too united and too singularly of minded. We have a new story arc. <laughs> yeah, so Puck splits them up and 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 creates the Seely and Unseely again. And yeah, and they they she someone reclaims the court. Yes, down there and restarts up the yeah. I, th I think we can do that really easy. I thing. love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we'll have millions of years of of comics to write. You have you're, oh you're, you're never gonna end now. So I know. I know. <laughs> A good thing I like this stuff. Huh? <laughs> All right, and that that is my choice for uh, again. I super apologize for my pronunciation of it, but for Sam Hain. All right, your turn. Sam Hain. And when was the time span on that one? Uh, October 31st. So it is Halloween. It's the inspiration for our modern Halloween. Okay, very good. I think uh, some of the some of the demons could uh, interact with humans. As uh... wouldn't that be fun? The yeah. fae come out to play, and so do the the demons, and yeah. everybody gets a little bit cray. Cray cray. All right. So now we're on to number three, huh? We have to make this one mm -hmm. particularly good. That's Let's right. See here. Okay, so Carnival. So Carnival is the one day of the year where uh, the fairies have a have a party, and and during this this time of year, during this party, um, it it was made for the the Sealy and the Unsealy, from what I understand, and the and and, for all castes and all ranks. That's right. And during this one night of partying, 
Um, there's no king and queen until the carnival king or queen is chosen um, from one of the crowd. And during this time, um, nobody can get in trouble for anything. Uh, oh, there, there can be no... That's one, okay, three rules during carnival. There can be no retribution for any word spoken or deed done, and a monarch cannot exact revenge for any harassers during this time. And bring it up either. So once anything that happens in carnival stays in carnival. <laughs> Woo. Carnival is sacrosanct. All who attend are welcome and safe, including humans and anybody else. Anyone violating this summer is summarily subjected to any punishment directed by the blittery-eyed carnival king and queen, whoever's been um, elected as carnival king and queen. And then the level three, let the merriment reign. Let the good times roll. It's going to be a happy <laughs> night no matter what. Carnival ends the next day, and in most cases, the carnival king or queen, it can be a human is released from duty and sent home, none the worse for wear. Uh, and certain unseely uh, whatever... Dementies. Yeah, yeah, it's rumored that the mortal can become a ritual sacrifice. And I can't tell mm-hmm. if they if they mean any mortal staying there or if they mean the king and queen specifically, if, if one no, is chosen. No, no, I think, I think it's just... Not, I think, so the unseely, again, are this dark version of the face. So they kind of indulge in whatever dark things they like. So if they find a human and they discover they're human towards the end of the night or past the time of carnival to where they're safe, they may take them somewhere and do anything they want, including right. sacrifice. Yeah. Because the, the unseely love that kind of stuff. They are they are the just like our, our comparisons of angels and demons. They're very hedonistic. They do what they want because it makes them feel good, including torturing and raping and killing and Pillaging. all kinds of other terrible things. Nice. So, and I'm, and what I'm thinking for this thing, um, especially just for human interaction and anything else, because uh, we talk about uh, the veil becoming thin, and and I think I think randomly during these certain days, maybe. Ooh, well, okay. So there's another thing too. I mean, I don't know. This could be something in the old days that they don't do anymore, if you want. But remember how I told you about moving day, where the fae move their portal around the world, and they come out and they'll party on top of the hill that houses the portal to their world. Yes. So the fae, at least in the olden days, would often come through and just party in the mortal world, because the mortals were like these fun little toys that would react differently than fae would. So they would um, think of Peter Piper to where he lures the children with his pipe they literally if you were in the forest and you're lost or you're close to where they are they will lure you to them with glamour and and smells and music if you hear fey music you cannot not dance yeah there's it's as if your body goes into a trance and you just follow them blindly and you do whatever they want because they have this magic over you so they could they could lure a number of humans or humans wander in accidentally or humans hear the party on the mound and follow the portal through to the actual festival well you know what because i because i've had this idea that the fair very isolated from earth and da 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 but at the same time i i think they'd want to get get with the angels and demons to discuss what's going on and where they're going to further certain things and maybe yeah. maybe that might have stopped a long time ago but they still show up and do these parties in the earth realm just in the hopes that maybe their lost people would come and, and talk with them and, and i love it no i saying? love it yeah and that's the idea and is that you see fairy lights in. in the in the deep forest and you never follow them because you'll never come back and yeah. that's the party light and, and that uh, way no, we can explain yeah. why why the the fae come back and forth from the human realm so much, and why mm-hmm. uh, Tatiana has has uh, picked up this love of you know little children and done what right. she's done. Well, 
the Fae are under strict rules. They're not to go to or interact with humans at all, except for these celebrations. And there's still rules in place for these celebrations, but it allows them the freedom to go play in a mortal world where they never get to go normally. And, and like you said, in hopes of angels and demons or, you know, what they consider their angels, they're there. I like what you said, the long lost brethren joining them again, in revelry and this tradition of just uh, no harm coming to anyone it's a it's a neutral time and that all all the fake can join in because they don't get a chance to cross over they usually get punished um and, and only really the royalty that can cross over as they wish because they are the royalty they do whatever they want yeah well they might set up these parties though they might bring everybody with them at that point to do this stuff your turn for number three and then we are finished with our christmas specials and then we can start singing you know jingle bells or whatever you want uh, i love it and you say, did you say then we can start singing Jingle Bells? Yeah, yeah, that's when we use as our, uh, as oh, our uh, intro. Jesus, really? Us, us singing Jingle Bells. Is that crazy? Um, let me find. Okay. All right. So I like, I love Carnival. That was awesome. Carnival is great. All right. Mine uh, and our final one for this little episode is Beltane. Beltane. Beltane is a nighttime spring fertility festival, which celebrates life and love. At one time, Faye went out into the fields and formed tame chimerical beasts into a line between bonfires lit from local freeholds' bale fire. Beltane once marked the formal beginning of the Seely half of the year, during which time the Unseely surrendered its power to the opposite court. As such... Uh, Beltane represents a time of peace and amity. The infamous, oh goodness, here, let me, I overread. Beltane also sees the blossoming of new romances, particularly between nobles and commoners. Um, and then they, apparently they, they light a lot of bonfires. They go into the fields and everything is springtime and, and it's beautiful and, and very mildly weathered and everyone is very happy. So I like this festival a lot. Um, the imagery I really like is from the line, uh, let's see, the Fae go out into the fields and form tame, and form tame chimerical beasts into a line between bonfires. I love the idea of these chimerical beasts, maybe some that have, um, like, fire for tails or fire manes and they literally light the bonfires with these different creatures that are made out of flame and they they form a ring and they celebrate within it and uh and you know which i just love and everybody comes together so again this is beltane is the marking of the seely court the light court their power is being transferred to them from the unseely court and they reign through the spring and summer until the 31st where the power transfers back to the unseely court for the fall and winter months and they they turn the ice into the seasons it needs to be so there's almost a hibernation that happens between these two courts as the power transfers from one side to the other. And the creatures of each court reflect what the, their, their leader is, essentially. So the unseelie are typically the, the creatures of nighttime. They're bats, they're raccoons. Uh, sometimes they're more cooler creatures or night-based or winter creatures that come out during that time. And those that are the Seelie court are more daytime creatures, birds and, and foxes or any creature that hibernates during the winter is seen as Seelie. And so the difference between these two courts, again, very tied into nature, very opposing, but both necessary with, for the other to exist. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. And so, so what, what's the chimerical part, though? Does, doesn't that mean normally when you, sw- when you mix animals together? 
chimera, I mean, chimera can be a mixture of anything. It literally means to mix um, different things together. Um, so the, they formed tame chimerical beasts into a line between bonfires. Um, so what they do is they go out into the open fields where everything is just beginning to, to flower, but nothing's growing yet because it's springtime. Everything's just starting. They're trying to take all the energy um, and essentially refresh it and bring it back from the cold winter. So winter's just ending. Spring is just starting to warm up. But they need to return the magic that's been um, asleep and reawaken it so it can help everything grow and the magic can replenish oh. itself. And they're in just a having cycle. they're having all these creatures represent stuff. So, but they're they're also yeah. doing stuff manticores and lions it doesn't matter what it is cockatrice oh it doesn't matter no anything that's a mixture of things can come out and yeah we could do whatever we want except for that last one which i will never acknowledge oh, cockatrix there it is nope yes. never gonna happen anyway all of these creatures come out and basically they're just saying that a bunch of bonfires are lit in a circle and these creatures are stationed around it to guard and support the the bonfires that are there and then everyone they party they celebrate life they light stuff on fire the idea is is to bring light into the darkness. The darkness is ending and the light is restarting for the spring. And there is a lot of, as you know, in the springtime, all the creatures get to baby making. And that's part of the process. The fertility rite is a huge part. They have to do that to bring back spring. Spring is about fertilizing. Maybe fertilizing isn't as sexy as fertilization. No, fertility. We're going to go with it's fine. Well, except for um, the cockatrix since there's only one. Ah, oh, you're the worst. We're never going to, I'm never going to call it that. I'm going to call it the chicken and that's all you get. Phoenix? Nope. And chicken. Phoenix is different. A phoenix is majestic. Yes. A chicken. This is, is going to be a no. chicken with phoenix feeners, feathers. No. Yeah. A fing- phoenix fingers? It's just a chicken with flaming feet. My toes are on fire. Do you know phoenix is also a color in French? It's the, it's really? A yeah, it's a, it's a color between purple and red. Interesting, which makes sense because that really hot fire gets just just about that color. Yeah, and it's, that's and, interesting. And that's I love a that. Greek. I think it comes from either Roman or Greek terms. I was looking it up and trying Probably to find. Greek. Yeah, because yeah. the Romans took a lot of Greek mythology and took yeah. it and made it their. So. Because I was trying to yeah, figure that's... out the, the cockatrix's name. So, and that's where I saw that. Stuff. Never gonna. Never gonna happen. Anyway, that's Beltane. <laughs> I love Beltane. I think Beltane has some awesome things we can do with it. Just and just having a human wandering into one of these little festivals or one of the Unbound. So some of the books and some of the mythology about this, it because spring is beautiful, right? Yes. But it's also a brutal, brutal time of year because there's so many species fighting to reproduce. So not only is the fighting amongst themselves and fighting for life happening, but the fighting to mate yeah. and fighting during mating and it's happening. So for this, and I know this is, I mean, just to get into some of the books that I've read, sometimes when mortals come in, um, the fertility rite once it's begun is, is like a drug. They get into it. Everybody's doing their thing and almost in one big pile. And if a human comes in, they cannot resist one, two, they may die from the sheer amount and physical strain that the fake Cause once the fake get a hold of you, man, they're not done till the sun comes up, and that's snoo, that's pretty. Snoo. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and not only that, but the fae, you know, they their magic comes out pretty heavy, and there may be transformations that happen, and there may be all kinds of stuff going on because you know you're just there to support nature, and it doesn't care how you do it. <laughs> I don't want to support this one. 
Yeah. <laughs> like a frat boy wandering into that. And he's like, man, this is awesome. Oh, God, please stop. Please. I can't. I can't anymore. We can have an unbound come from that because he experiences such a traumatic experience from that. He becomes. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor guy. He got banged into magic. What? Into, into a werewolf. Because, like, it, maybe oh, it happens, boy. like, <laughs> so it's once a, a year. Wait, wait. Oh my god, can we please, you know how frat boys always have bro and brosip and stuff? We yeah. need a uh, we need a werewolf name. And so anyway, this frat boy is going out there, he's partying, he's getting drunk, and he gets kind of lured away, and he goes deeper and deeper into the forest until he comes upon this ring of bonfires with lots of weird shadows. He's already kind of drunk, so he's seeing creatures, but he's like, no, no, I'm just drunk, man. But then he looks in the center of the circle, and he sees some 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 action and happening. Action and action happening. There's some hot ladies in there, and he doesn't know what to do. And all he knows is that they're looking at him like he's uh, he's invited. So this poor sucker goes into this ring of fire and and thinks he's in heaven for all about two minutes until everything on his body starts flaming up, and he feels like he's on fire and he's exhausted and it's just not stopping, and he feels like the world is spinning. From the and friction. next thing he knows, he's the bro wolf. Werewolf, bro wolf, frat boy wolf, frat wolf, where frat? <laughs> gotta figure it out. Anytime he gets drunk. Oh my god, yes. Lichen rope. A lichen rope? Oh yeah. <laughs> lichen bra. Lichen bra. Like, oh my god, I love it hey, so much. Oh my god. Oh, okay, we gotta give credit to, to Dominic for that. He just, he just. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. So he goes back to the to the real world. And you're right, the only way he can ever turn into a werewolf is when he gets drunk. And he's, oh, that's amazing. I'm done with I my life it. now, bro. I can't. I'm, I'm 15 years sober, man. Weird things happen when I get drunk. <laughs> and weirder than normal. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Merry Christmas to to our listeners for that little gem as the well. The Lycan Bra. Yeah. Lycan Bro. Lycan Bro. I think that's actually good. I like Lycan Bro. Awesome. Yeah. Lycan Bro. Liking, bro. I'm liking, bro. <laughs> I love it. Now I'm going to have to draw a werewolf with, like, the pop collar yeah. and, like, a sideways hat and, like, a beer in his hand. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. He, he's going <laughs> to be part of Tatiana's entourage. Oh, can you please keep it kind of secret to where he's like, yeah, I can turn into a werewolf. And they're like, man, that's so cool. That's awesome. That's just what we need. And he's just like, well... I have to t- well, I have to get tanked first. <laughs> I gotta get really drunk first. And I've got, I just got my I just got my one year sober chip, man. I can't do this, man. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all of the things. I hope you and your loved ones, or even just your friends or anybody that's special to you, even if that's yourself, have a great season. Uh, have some good food, have some some just snuggly time by yourself if that's what you need. But whatever you're going to do, take it easy, and uh, we'll see you next – well, not next year. That's a bad joke. We'll see you soon, hear you soon, talk to you soon. Well, all I have to say on the matter is, bah humbug. On the first day of soul – oh, wait, what's the, what's the one? Yeah, on the first day of Christmas, the fae gave to me – a human head in a tree. Well, that's pretty dark. You went right there in the fast. On the second day of Christmas, the fae gave to me two phoenix doves.
and a human head in a tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three fairy berries, two phoenix doves, and a human head in a fay tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my fay overlords gave to me four drunken holidays, three, three fairy berries, two phoenix doves, and a human head in a fay tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five unbound humans, four drunken holidays, three fairy berries, two phoenix doves, and a human head in a fay tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, the fay gave to me six cockatricks, five unbound humans, four drunken holidays, three fairy berries, two phoenix doves, and a human head in a fay tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my fay overlords gave to me seven kidnapped children, six cockatricks, five unbound humans, four drunken holidays, three fairy berries, two phoenix doves, and a human head in a fay tree.